Welcome back to Quick Bits for the week of July 17th through the 21st. This week, I covered all the new updates in the Murdoch case and a huge $15 million settlement that we have to talk about. I covered what's going on in Idaho in both the murder case and the defamation case that is moving towards what could be a very big ruling hopefully next week, and updates in the Girardi case. Tom Girardi is getting ready to go to a competency hearing, and we've got to talk about those earrings. And with that, it's time to get in to the Quick Bits. I'm legal analyst Emily D. Baker. This is the Quick Bits, where I break down just the main points of the pop culture and entertainment cases I'm currently covering on YouTube and the Emily Show podcast. Let's get into it. As always, the links for all of the long-form content I'm talking about are down below. And my new podcast that I am a contributing producer for, Queen of the Con Season 4, is out on your favorite podcasting app now if you want to hear a deeper dive into the Jen Shaw case. Let's talk about Murdoch. So on Tuesday, I went over the hearing with regard to the Mallory Beach wrongful death case in the boat collision. There are two defendants left in that case. Parker's, the convenience store that sold alcohol to Paul Murdaugh, ahead of the boat crash, and Alec Murdaugh. The arguments in that hearing were that the convenience store Parker's wanted to be separated out from Murdaugh to go to trial and wanted to change venue for the case. These hearings have been heard several times before, and at one point, the judge had changed the ruling, initially separating the cases and then not. The court ruled against Parker's, saying that Alec Murdaugh and Parker's would be going to trial in this case next month together, and that there wouldn't be a change of venue. Well, that happened on Friday. On Monday, Parker's settled with the Beach Estate for $15 million, and to be really clear, Parker's insurance settled. I think these rulings on the eve, essentially, of trial really forced the hand in the settlement. Murdoch's attorneys said in a statement to media that they would be settling this case as well, but that has not happened yet. We also saw a protective order filed in the Mallory Beach case because Alec Murdoch's deposition was supposed to be taking place on Tuesday, July 18th. It'll be very interesting to see if this settles after that deposition has now been taken. Let's move on and talk about the cases in Idaho. In the Idaho criminal case, notably, the prosecutors are asking the court to reconsider that 37-day stay. They're arguing that it really isn't a stay of the proceedings, that it is extending the speedy trial time. The speedy trial time in Idaho is six months, and the court has now said it's six months plus 37 days. The prosecution is arguing that the court should reconsider this ruling because they believe that it could be seen as a waiver of the defendant's Sixth Amendment right to a speedy trial because on the defendant's application, the court extended that time period, and they have a very specific legal argument as to why they think that this is a problem, and they want the certainty of the trial not getting extended beyond that October 2nd date. We will see what happens. Then in the defamation case, there is a lot of litigation that we needed to catch up on, including a motion for sanctions, final litigation in the motion to quash and the motion to dismiss, and 
before all of it kicked off, the court struck the defendant TikToker's opposition to the motion to dismiss because it was a 31-page motion filed well outside the boundaries of the rules for that motion. So it was promptly refiled with a 20-page motion after it was stricken. So the pending litigation there is the motion for sanctions saying from the lawyers and from the professor that the TikToker has pursued this in bad faith, that this is a time where the court needs to sanction the TikToker and asking for that sanction to be attorney's fees associated with certain motions and things being dismissed. The motion to quash is the attorney saying, hey, um, the TikToker has added the attorneys as defendants and is like suing them for suing her. And they're like, you can't do that. You can't do this this way. And they've also made a motion to dismiss all the counterclaims against Professor Rebecca Schofield from the TikToker. The court had a hearing on that, and I'm hoping that early next week we will see a ruling on that. I think it's likely that the counterclaims could be dismissed and that that motion to quash might be granted. Then the defendant TikToker would need leave from the court to amend to bring in those attorneys as parties. And I don't think the court would allow that to happen. It's not proper joinder of parties. Let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Tom Girardi. Disgraced and disbarred plaintiff's attorney Tom Girardi is getting ready for a competency hearing in a federal court in Southern California. The prosecution's expert we know from court filings has said that Tom Girardi is competent to stand trial. And of course, Tom Girardi has been in a conservatorship due to a reported Alzheimer's and dementia diagnosis. But those diagnoses don't necessarily mean that he is not competent to stand trial. The standard to end up in a conservatorship and the standard for competency at a criminal trial are much different. The court is going to have to determine based on expert testimony and reports provided to the court and argument from counsel whether the defendant can essentially understand the nature and purpose of the criminal proceedings against them, whether they can reasonably assist their attorneys in presenting their defense, and whether they can comprehend their status and place within the criminal proceedings. It is a fairly low standard. And if you're following current criminal cases, there are some big rulings about competency in some of the more discussed criminal homicide cases that are going on right now. And people are looking at people going, this doesn't seem like this person is maybe all the way um, mentally competent. However, the legal standard is just that. Can they assist their defendant? It doesn't mean that they don't have struggles. It doesn't mean that they don't have any type of diagnosis. It means that they can participate essentially in their defense. Very different than looking for a not guilty by reason of insanity or something like that. That is a whole different situation that we're not going to cover today because it's the quick bits. Also happening in California, the other Girardi lawyers that were involved in the Lion Air crash in Illinois as counsel, the state bar has now initiated proceedings against them to disbar them. So Keith Griffin and David Lira are pending those um, actions by the state bar. And in addition to the disbarment, attorney David Lira is also facing criminal indictments with regard to the Lion Air crash case, the same as Tom Girardi. So that's what's going on right now in the criminal case. The proceedings aren't moving super quickly with Tom due to that competency hearing that is pending in August. Then we need to talk about Erica Girardi's scandal earrings, the 
giant seven carat diamonds, the big square ones that featured so heavily during last season of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills as the legal filings were being made asking for the earrings back because Tom Girardi had written a check out of a client trust account for $750,000 to directly purchase the earrings. Erica had fought turning over the earrings in bankruptcy. The bankruptcy judge ultimately ruled that the earrings needed to be turned over to the bankruptcy estate. The trustee then auctioned those off while an appeal was pending the ruling to turn over the earrings. The appeal was ruled on in May, and the court determined that the bankruptcy trustee had not met their burden in proving that those earrings were property of the bankruptcy estate. So it got kicked back to the bankruptcy court on remand for further proceedings for the court to either allow the bankruptcy trustee to try to prove that these are actually property of the estate. I don't know if there's any new information that the bankruptcy trustee can bring forward that wasn't available at the time that the bankruptcy trustee originally made this. It seemed like the accountings had been done and the money had been traced. So I don't know if there's anything new here that the bankruptcy trustee can bring forward. If the bankruptcy trustee can't prove that these earrings were properly property of the bankruptcy estate, then there is a consideration for how Erica would be recompensated for this, and it would generally be the market value that they were sold for. Well, we know they were purchased out of bankruptcy with that check for $750,000, but they were sold in the auction that Erica did not object to for $250,000. And then fees were distributed out of that to the bankruptcy estate attorneys, the auctioneers, and the rest of it. So then the bankruptcy court would have to determine what financial compensation Erica would be entitled to if they determine that the earrings are not getting turned over. Or the bankruptcy judge could say, hey, I think the bankruptcy trustees proved it. We could do this all again. At the end of the day, I wonder how much in legal fees this is going to cost. And I wonder how much in legal fees has already been paid now that the auction is done and how that money's been distributed. And who is that money being distributed to? Because the client trust account, the check was written out of for the earrings. It doesn't seem that any of those clients are actually creditors in this bankruptcy case, but it should have gone to specific clients. But that money that should have gone to the Resulin clients looks like it might just get distributed to general bankruptcy creditors. I have a ton of questions about how this is going to go down, and I hope that you're still interested in this case because I'm still interested in how these bankruptcy proceedings are going forward and how these clients that are creditors in the bankruptcy estate are being made whole or if the banks and the legal lenders are getting in front of the line ahead of the clients that have been so harmed by Tom Girardi. And that's why I'm still keeping an eye on this case. Let me know your thoughts on all of that down below. I appreciate you. Thank you for being a honored. And hey, quick bits, we're out. For deep dives into the stories that I covered here, you can find them on my YouTube channel at The Emily D. Baker and The Emily Show Podcast. I stream every Tuesday and Thursday. The podcast goes live on Wednesdays. And if you want more Law Nerd community, come join us at lawnerdsunite.com.